says that his taxes are under investigation by the Justice Department. We're just learning about this now, even though reports have been circulating for months. New reports say the probe is much more extensive than his statement indicates. Here's what he said. I am confident that a professional and objective review of these matters will demonstrate that I handled my affairs legally and appropriately. Politico says federal prosecutors investigated Biden's foreign ties and possible money laundering, according to one source with knowledge of this probe. Now, a second source told Politico that Hunter's brother, James, was also questioned, or his, I think this is Joe Biden's brother, James, was also questioned about his role in the business dealings. The Biden transition team released a statement, which was a little strange that it would come from them, considering Hunter is a private citizen. President-elect Biden is deeply proud of his son, who has fought through difficult challenges, including the vicious personal attacks of recent months, only to emerge stronger. Welcome back. Little Joe's conservative corner, Hunter Biden. Mr. Crack Monster himself, under investigation for the last two years, doesn't really surprise anybody, but I think ultimately the bigger surprise will be, are they actually going to do anything about it or be able to get anything done in time in case Joe Biden actually becomes president? I know Hunter came out with a statement that his taxes are being investigated, and that was in the very beginning when this broke a few days ago. And now we're at the point where it's obviously a much deeper investigation. Bill Barr, who lately has been MIA, I don't know where the hell he has been through all this election problems and everything else. The only time he did a quick appearance, he dismissed any election fraud and said that's not really in his arena. But apparently he's been trying to keep this under wraps for the last two years while Hunter's being investigated. That ends up leading you back to the laptops. How much do they really contain on them? What do they really know? What are they not showing us? I'm sure a lot is going to be uncovered, but again, I think most of us have lost faith in the justice system, at least the higher end of the justice system, to the point where, is anything going to be done? I mean, look at the Durham report. Who's been arrested? What have they really done? Obamagate. What have they done there? It was proven that they spied on the Trump campaign and nothing's been done. Nobody's been arrested. Look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden right now should be under investigation, just like his son Hunter and his brother James. Jesus, is any of those people not involved in an investigation, or at least should be involved in an investigation? And this guy got elected president? (laughs) Yeah, okay. You know, I would like to say that if most people knew about the Hunter Biden story, because they're breaking it now with no problems, because the fake news media believes the election is over, But honestly, I don't think it would have mattered whether they broke it beforehand or if they didn't suppress the information beforehand or not. Because if this would have came out, if they would have let you know that he was being investigated in 2018, they probably would have suppressed that as well. So I don't know how much it would have, you know, benefited us at this point one way or the other. Not to mention that they are cheating and there has been cheating and they are going to continue to cheat and try to steal elections from this point forward. They've done it in the past. They're currently doing it, and unless something is changed on the way we vote on a federal level, it's going to continue on forever. But truthfully, if you ask me, I think that the Hunter Biden story is a lot bigger than just his taxes. I think it's bigger than what he's being accused of. I think the reason that the mainstream media is now reporting it is their plot to take Joe Biden out or ask Joe Biden to step down. I don't think they want Joe Biden as president. I do believe that Joe Biden actually is a lot more moderate than they believe. He's a swamp creature. He's been living in that swamp for 47 years. He cares about money. Would he sell out America? Sure. Would he make a lot of these drastic policies and push them through? I don't think so. 
I think he'll just go along for the ride, do what he's been used to doing for 47 years, rob the United States, get himself richer, and mess up a few policies that we care about here and there, but I don't think there would be the drastic change that everybody fears, but that the socialists want. But if you get him out of the way and put Kamala in there, that's a whole different ballgame. Now, there's a progressive who wants to see nothing more than the destruction of America, and she wants to tear us down to nothing. So I, I honestly believe that this is a much bigger plot to begin enacting the 25th Amendment shortly after he would be inaugurated. Now, I don't know if he's going to get inaugurated. Really, all that lies on the Supreme Court right now. Um, at the current time, there's 24 states that have joined the lawsuit with Texas saying they've been disenfranchised by the four swing states that were recklessly changing their voting laws prior to the election. I think they got a good, strong case there. You would hope that the Supreme Court would hear it and they'd stand up. Even Trump is calling for them to be brave and use their wisdom and do the right thing for the country. And he's right. You know, it's it, we're, we're at a point now in America where policies, procedures, politics, everything, sure, that all matters, but will it matter if you allow the destruction? Or do you protect America first and then work everything else out later? And you would kind of hope that they would vote with their hearts and their minds and say, hey, these people are no good. They actually did try to cheat. The right thing to do would be to throw all four states out. Nobody gets to 270, kick it back down to the house, now you got, what, 47 states left, and then you let the House decide each state gets a vote, and you could see if 24 join the cause, we should win the election. It's really all riding on the Supreme Court. You know, the fear is if the Supreme Court does not take it up or they do not do the right thing, we are lost. I don't see anybody that would stand up for us beyond this point besides ourselves. You know, we have to continue to fight every day no matter what. At whatever facet you fight at, it's definitely not a call for violence, but you have to stand up, stand up for yourself, stand up for the country, and we keep pushing forward and we just don't let them take it from us. They can only take it from us if we all comply. If you go back in history and you look at Venezuela and you look at uh, Nazi Germany and you look at China, one of the main factors is they were able to slowly indoctrinate their people to believe in their cause and they were willing to to give up their freedoms where I don't know about you, but I'm not Uh, another big part of it was they were able to disarm them. Well, I can tell you right now, you ain't disarming America. There are way too many people that love their guns. We feel that it is our right to have our guns. We were born with that, right? We're going to die with that, right? And even Joe Biden came out and made a statement that he knows he cannot sign an executive order banning assault weapons. It's not going to happen. So you have to willingly give up your gun. Otherwise, they don't want to start that fight. There would be no profit for them in having us go into a full-on civil war because that would be the destruction of all industry. And if there's no industry and there's no trading value and there's no value in America to work with China or other countries... They're all going to lose too. So they're not interested in that. They're going to push their agenda as hard as they can until we all stand up and fight against it. Speaking of China, Mr. Swalwell, who had sexual relationships with a Chinese spy, you know, only a Democrat. Have you ever heard of a Republican or a conservative being caught 
you know, having a relationship with a Chinese spy? How is it they only ever go to the Democratic Party? Isn't that like an indicator of who they know are the crooked ones, who they know are the dumber ones that they can infiltrate and they can get in there? Because they certainly don't do it to us. It always seems to be one-sided and they always go to the, the Democrats. I guess you just look at them and go, hey, okay, attach yourself to you know this Democrat and that Democrat because they're dumb. They ain't going to figure it out. They're only about the money and we can get all the intel that we need out of them. It'll be perfect. And it always seems to happen to them. Funny thing about the story is that in 2015, Mr. Swalwell was alerted by, you know, other Democratic leaders, Nancy Pelosi being one of them, that, hey, you might want to cut ties with this girl, Fang Fang or whatever her name is. You might want to cut ties with her because, you know, she potentially is a Chinese spy. So she ends up disappearing and he says... The only statement that he's made beyond that is he has had no contact with her since that time. The only problem with that is that his family and friends are still friends with her or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. So obviously you didn't completely cut ties with her. I guess, you know, the money he was probably getting to sell out American secrets were just too good. He just couldn't pass it up. He couldn't let a good thing go. It's just amazing to me how this man even still has security clearance. Anybody that has been caught, and this was five years ago, you are caught potentially being compromised because you were with a spy. All security clearance should be cut from you because you should have a full-blown investigation into you because God knows what you told this person. You're not thinking nothing of it. I guess you're so stupid you don't realize that when they're asking you, hey, who holds the key to the nuclear bombs? Oh, well, actually, that would be the president. He keeps that in his right-hand drawer there. Oh, really? Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, Well, do you know the code to get in there? Oh, yeah, 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 sure. And when you're having a spy ask you questions and you're a dumb person, you wouldn't think anything of that. But any normal, sane person would actually go, uh, why the hell would you be asking me that? It doesn't even make sense that you're asking me those questions. But, you know, being a Democrat, these aren't the brightest bulbs on the tree, so... I guess you just go with the flow. Uh, The fact that Nancy Pelosi and Chucky Schumer and everybody knew about it, again, they should be questioned as well. That why didn't you inform anybody? Isn't it ironic how they informed him that he was being spied on in 2015, but they didn't let Trump know that when they thought that supposedly Russians were spying on his campaign. They didn't say anything to him about that. So why the double standard? Oh, that's right. Because you're Democrats. So it's always a double standard. What's good for you is not good for us. Like COVID. You know, what laws apply to you don't apply to us. It's always a double standard with these people. These people are some of the lowest bottom feeders on the planet. And they just have no soul, don't care, because they're going to continue to do it. They feel entitled. They feel like we're less than them. And they're only ever going to push their crooked agenda and their lies and spew their hate. That is what they are about. But I did find it interesting that once again, on the Democratic side, of course, a spy got a hold of a Democrat from, of all places, China. Their number one buddies, the ones they want to make rich. Let's go make sure that we invest a lot of money into China and we'll get back into the new green deal and we'll stop slumping and glumping and we'll let you guys make all the profits. We'll move our factories back over there, kill a bunch of American jobs. Oh, it's all good because it's China. China's on the level. They're okay. 
You know, they don't do nothing wrong. They don't have prison camps with thousands of Christians. Actually, I'm wrong. Millions of Christians and Muslims in re-education camps. They're not running a Hitler-style regime over there. They don't suppress anything. They're not allowed to have Twitter. They're not allowed to have Google. They're not allowed to have half the stuff that we have, probably not even a quarter of it. Hell, a lot of times they're not even allowed to have food. They don't even get to own anything. But yes, let's go help those people out. Not countries, God forbid, that are actually struggling, that need to come up and you make some good trade deals with them to help them out because they are a good ally and they have values in their countries. No, we're not going to do that, man. Let's go right to the communists. Let's go right to the worst of the worst and be their best buddy. (laughs) How do people not see this? In my lifetime, I will never understand. I truly won't. I don't know how you think like AOC. And she made a statement the other day about how hardworking uh, conservatives wouldn't even know what to do if you had to pull a double as a waitress. (laughs) As a waitress. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) How about you come work with some of us doing roofing or landscaping? Or, you know, you actually got to work and complete the job to get your money. Or people that work on oil rigs and they're away from their families. They don't pull doubles. They work, you know, I don't know, 20 hours a day. Okay. And you're over there complaining that you're in an AC environment and you're taking orders for people's food because you chose to do that job. I'm not knocking any job. You do what you got to do as a living. Hey, God bless you. I'm glad you're working. But the point is, you think that what? All conservatives were born with silver spoons in their mouth? Most conservatives that I know most of them didn't go to college because they couldn't afford it. They went out and made their own businesses. They're making good money and making a good living through backbreaking hard work or coming up with a great idea, even though they didn't have to go get that $150,000 college loan to have a degree in something that nobody's ever heard of. Okay. Or a degree that there's only seven jobs available in the entire United States, but this degree is going to cost you $175,000, but don't worry. Uncle Sammy's going to float the bill. And then you could bitch about it at the end and say, Hey, I need to get help paying this back. I'm a college educated kid. and I can't get a job. (laughs) Well, who told you to do the study of fecal matter? Nobody. Okay. So what are we talking about? But that's the way they are. So AOC, she's out there trying to beat her chest like King Kong. Nobody's knocking AOC because of the work that she has done in her past. I'm not knocking her for being a waitress. We're knocking her because you're a complete and total imbecile. You're dumb. You're just dumb. That's why we knock you. Because you're just an idiot. So next time you want to make a statement like that, Please think about it and just say, oh, they're making fun of me because I'm dumb. And we'll all go, actually, you know what? That's the first true thing you ever said. That is true. We think you're dumb. (laughs) And it will be that simple. However, she can pat her back for one thing. She did get Employee of the Month for Goya. (laughs) I covered that in my last podcast. She did get the Goya Employee of the Month. Good for her. She made them more money than they could have ever hoped for with her stupid little boycott idea. So, So she's doing a good job. You know what was really good? Capitalism at that moment. You know, that's how we work. Capitalism, we band together, we buy, we buy the products we like. You make a great product, we're going to buy it. You tell us you're going to take it away from us for something stupid like that, yeah, we'll buy it some more. So, yeah, at least she's productive on some end. Although she's not productive in the political world, probably in her personal life, but at least somewhere she was being productive. So she's actually earning her paycheck. The same lady who calls for socialism with $58 sweatshirts. Just so 
she knows because I know she doesn't. So AOC, this is directly for you, sweetheart, okay? Sweatshirts at Walmart, Fruit of Loom, five bucks. Yeah, and I could actually take it somewhere and get that printed on the front of it. Probably cost me another 20 bucks. So for less than half of what you're charging somebody, I could actually go out and make it myself. So, yeah, amazing. Again, you're just dumb. (laughs) There it is. You know, I am uh, one of those people who really love Ronald Reagan. I think his speeches were fantastic. And I'm old enough to have been here when Reagan was president. However, definitely not in the political arena because I was still a kid at that point. Um, I do remember watching him with my mother and father on TV when he was giving his addresses. And he always seems to have very inspirational speeches, whether he wrote them himself or he had a speechwriter. Um, and I've always enjoyed his speeches. I always try to give some type of positivity, uh, in these podcasts by playing little cuts from this or that. Some are funny, some are more informative, some are a little bit more inspirational, but I wanted to play one from you. It's a speech that he did that, you know, it's so funny how relevant his speeches are 40 years later as they were then it's, it's amazing what we've been fighting as long as we've been fighting. So I'm going to play one for you real quick right now. Those who would trade our freedom for the soup kitchen of the welfare state have told us they have a utopian solution of peace without victory. They call their policy accommodation. And they say if we'll only avoid any direct confrontation with the enemy, he'll forget his evil ways and learn to love us. All who oppose them, are indicted as warmongers. They say we offer simple answers to complex problems. Well, perhaps there is a simple answer. Not an easy answer, but simple. If you and I have the courage to tell our elected officials that we want our national policy based on what we know in our hearts is morally right, we cannot buy our security, our freedom from the threat of the bomb. By committing an immorality so great as saying to a billion human beings now enslaved behind the Iron Curtain, give up your dreams of freedom, because to save our own skins, we're willing to make a deal with your slave masters. Alexander Hamilton said, a nation which can prefer disgrace to danger is prepared for a master and deserves one. Now let's set the record straight. There's no argument over the choice between peace and war, but there's only one guaranteed way you can have peace, and you can have it in the next second. Surrender. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this, but every lesson of history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement. And this is the specter our well-meaning liberal friends refuse to face, that their policy of accommodation is appeasement. And it gives no choice between peace and war, only between fight or surrender. If we continue to accommodate, continue to back and retreat, eventually we have to face the final demand, the ultimatum. And what then? When Nikita Khrushchev has told his people, he knows what our answer will be. He has told them that we're retreating under the pressure of the Cold War, and someday, when the time comes to deliver the final ultimatum, our surrender will be voluntary, because by that time, we will have been weakened from within spiritually, morally, and economically. He believes this because from our side, he's heard voices pleading for peace at any price, or better read than dead. Or as one commentator put it, he'd rather live on his knees than die on his feet. And therein lies the road to war. Because those voices don't speak for the rest of us. 
you and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard around the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I. Absolutely, you and I. Just like I said in the beginning of my podcast, we're the only ones standing in the way. Trump started it, he took the stand, and now he has awoken so many to the problems that we're having in America. What's amazing about a lot of Reagan's speeches are all you really have to do is change names. Instead of Russia, this time it's China. But the liberals and everything stay the same. They would rather sacrifice freedom for peace or for better dealings with other people. They'd rather go against their principles, the principles of life, the foundations of this country, than have anybody be offended by telling the truth. You know, one of the best truth tellers in the world is if you read the Bible, Jesus Christ, he was hard, man. If he said something to you, it was direct. There was no concern for your feelings. He didn't go out of his way to hurt your feelings, but what he said, he said it. What he told you was something you needed to hear because it was the truth. Nowadays, God forbid you say anything. You can't say anything about nothing without offending somebody. Here, here's a good statement that'll offend somebody. More white men are killed by police officers than black men. That is statistically true, but they don't see it that way because that's offensive. So we're living in a society where facts are offensive. (laughs) Look at how backwards things are. Ronald Reagan did know it. Trump knows it. You know it and I know it. Everything's backwards right now, but I don't want to end my podcast on a negative note. We do have things to look forward to. We'll see how the Supreme Court pans out. If it does not pan out, we can rely on ourselves. We can lie, rely on the 80 million of us now who stand together. The, the uh, runoff in Georgia, that also is still to be determined. You hold that, that helps out. We'll see how it goes. I do believe that something good is coming. You always have to believe it's in God's plan. We always have to believe that there is a bigger plan than us. Um, to get you a little bit pumped up, on the way out, I got something from Trump. I really enjoyed this at the end of his rally last time. I thought it was fantastic. I'm going to play it for you as the podcast ends. So if you like what you're hearing, please tell some people about me. Uh, if you'd like to contact me directly, Gmail is ljconsercrn at gmail.com. Twitter, I am at ljconsercrn. And I am also on Parlor at Joe Little. I should be joining Rumble in the next few months. I'm not ready for that face-to-face yet. You know, I'm just a little nervous to make that next step, but it should be coming. (laughs) So here is the one and only Donald Trump. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield. We will never give in, we will never give up, and we will never back down. We will never, ever surrender. 